Welcome to the EEO Studio, a podcast produced by DCI Consulting Group. Hello and welcome to the EEO Studio and our continued series on civility. My name is Rosemary Cox and I'm a business consultant with uh, DCI Consulting. Very happy to be here. And my co-host is Kelly Wilson, who is Senior Manager in EEO Compliance and Diversity and Inclusion. Welcome, everyone. And with us today, uh, we are very excited to have Paul McGovern with us. And Paul is um, with the, the National Industry Liaison Group. Um, and we wanted to, you know, over this series, we've talked to individual contributors, we've talked to businesses, we've talked to the EEOC, um, we've talked to a, a great number of individuals about civility in the workplace, and we wanted a different perspective. We wanted a perspective from um, an organization and um, what they do to, to um, combat or talk about civility within an association or organization. So we are thrilled to have Paul McGovern with us. Paul, why don't you talk about, um, I'm sure our listeners have no idea what NILG is, um, so maybe talk a little bit about what it is and what you do for them. Sure. Well, if you practice an affirmative action, EEO, you may have an idea. If you do practice in those areas and don't, please find out about us. But the uh, NILG is a consortium of local groups of affirmative action and EEO practitioners who get together to talk about what the government is expecting of us and how best to get the job done, to be contractors, to, to work with the federal government, to run programs in HR that are non-discriminatory, that focus on equal access, and that meet regulations of the federal government about this equal access requirement. Companies who do, you know, substantial business with the government, do business with the government, um, need to follow certain regulations. So we talk with each other about how best to get that done. As importantly, we talk to the government agencies that we work with on the regulatory basis about how to get it done. So it's an ongoing dialogue people who are trying to ensure that the workplace is free and open. And what is your role in that organization? Well, I chair it. Uh, I represent, I'm one of the representatives for our Northeast region. We have six regions. I represent the Northeast region as a member of the board, and currently I am the chair of the board. So, you know, I help organize and run the meetings and get things done. And you all meet with People like the EEOC and the OFCCP, is that how you get your information? That's correct. So our primary regulatory impacts are the OFCCP um, for affirmative action practices, EEOC for equal access and non-discrimination. They overlap OFCCP and EEOC to a certain degree. And ODEP for uh, disability inclusion. Veterans also. Should have mentioned veterans maybe first. We work with the veterans for uh, zero two. Great. So can you talk about, um, at the national, um, well, let's back up for a second. Why don't we start, we always like to level set and talk about what does civility mean? Because it means different things to different people. Um, what what does, can you define it for us? Well, in a certain sense, it's uh, my mother talking to me about why I should be nice to other people and that it helps everybody. Um, it's you can't get things done if you're yelling at each other. So be nice. It's just makes sense. Um, you know, it's 
what one should do, the respect that we owe each other. It's about the dignity of the other person, obviously. But um, to me, it's super important for maybe an odd reason. That that is goes to neurobiology and how we're wired. Um, I, I read a lot about this stuff just because it interests me. But if you get mad at somebody, you turn off your brain. You turn off the cerebral cortex, the higher thinking functions. You don't use them anymore. You go into fight. You go into flight. So as soon as you're mad at somebody or somebody's mad at you, it's really hard to have that conversation that might move the needle. It's really hard to listen to somebody. And listening to somebody, getting the ideas that somebody else has is super important because their ideas could be better than mine. So if I don't keep my temper, if I don't maintain civility with someone who I might disagree with and not even like, um, bad things are going to happen. It's how war stuff. So the, the golden mean is out there for a reason. It, it helps societies evolve. It helps us, you know, stay alive. I hadn't thought about it that in that way. That's really interesting because you're right. As soon as something, somebody doesn't agree with us or someone makes us angry or um, have different political views or whatever, fill in the blank, you do turn off. So I think that's a really great definition of it. Um, and and you can't do that worse. in business. Yeah, and it's worse than that because we start with predilections. Um, somebody did a study right after the Supreme Court decision on um, same-sex marriage came up. And you could get money by reading articles supporting or against same-sex marriage. They asked you if you were for it or against it. So if you were for sex, same-sex marriage, they would pay you more money to read articles that were against it. If you were against same-sex marriage, they'd pay you more money to read articles that were for it. 65% of the people took less money so that they would read the articles that reinforced their positions. Interesting. Right? So you start with it. We, the, the biologists, neurobiologists, look at this. You know, we, um, we tend to want to be with people who agree with us. You know, we're tribal. This, is, this, is, this goes way back to survival stuff. You're with the people you know. You're all doing the same stuff, thinking the same stuff. Anybody else, the other, the other is the enemy. Or the other is you don't know the other is the enemy until, you know, they come into the campfire and see them in the fight if they got, if they got a weapon. So we're really cautious. And we, we really hunkered down. Anybody who's different is suspect. That's where we start. And if we, if you add that to, you know, just being cross and mean and yelling at somebody, game over. You can't deal with them. It's war. And so put that in a business stop, where you're trying to survive is, is dangerous. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who are you going to deal with? How, you know. How are you going to get along with somebody? How are you going to, you know, there's another group. But you're working across groups. In a large corporation, the other group is the other. Watch out for those guys. Wow. So you start with that predilection. So us versus other. We fall into that trap. So Curtis, you know, keeping your temper, going out of your way to be decent to the other person is the way that the conversation can start. And you can, as I said earlier, you can get, you know, get something done. You can do business if you're you know, decent with each other. You know, lawyers, you know, you have a fight in front of the, the judge in the motion session, then you shake hands. There's a reason for that. Hmm. I hadn't, yeah, that, that didn't dawn on me, but you're absolutely right. And right now, you know, you mentioned earlier on, you know, we're in trying times in many respects. And one of those is because people aren't listening to each other. People are hunkering down and going tribal. And that's dangerous. It's scary. Yeah, no matter what definitely. your position is, 
Oh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, even no matter who is in office, there's always the opposition. And sometimes it's, it just happens to be louder, I think, now than we've seen it in a while. Um, yeah. And hopefully that's not, I'm sure it is bleeding into our workforces, but I, hopefully it's not yeah. at this point. I mean, I hope hopefully companies are doing things to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. I, I think within companies, it's, it's, I think to get within companies, it's just not that bad as maybe it is outside right now. Um, but still within a company, as I mentioned before, you know, this person, that group, watch out, all of that stuff. We, we you know, just have to watch out for that. For that. Yeah, exactly. Mindset, it doesn't, doesn't help get things done. You know, the OSCCP, right. the relations we have with the OSCCP go much better when there's stability. And, you know, I, I'm sure we'll get into this through the course of this conversation. Um, there is a real change in tenor in the relationship between contractors and the OSCCP. And to give credit, started by the OSCCP itself to, to get off a situation that was, you know, getting contentious and people were getting yeah. heated up. Um, and we're not in that situation right now because people said, hey, you know, let's treat each other with respect and courtesy. Exactly, exactly. So talking about um, the NILG and the local ILGs, so mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about how does the national group not govern but um, oversee and help aid the local ILG? So each, just to clarify it for our, our listeners, so each state, sometimes each city within a state um, has a local group of industry liaison folks and it's it's contractors um, it's consultants it's sometimes it's government people who all come together monthly quarterly what have you and those groups re kind of report to you all but not necessarily can you kind of explain well, that relationship well, they are independent but they're independent with the same uh, mission so those groups set themselves up with their own rules um, with their own membership, but I think you described the membership com correctly, um, you know, for the purpose of having discussions about how to work in this compliance space, how they have their meetings, how they have their discussions, that's up to them. There are six districts in the OFCCP, you know, Northeast, Southwest, all of that goodly stuff. We're set up the same way. So the ILG local chairs, that we have 60, you know, circa 60 local ILGs across the nation. The ILGs within the district get together, and they elect four people from the ILGs to represent them at the national group. So that's the inter that's the, the intersection there. I'm the member for one of the four members for Northeast. I got on the board, and I bring the Northeast's issues and concerns to the board. And we talk to the OSCCP. We, we have a standing meeting. Um, our our um, alliance managers meet um, with me as the chair with, with Director Lee, the OSCCP monthly, for example. Uh, and there's sort of a, a loop there. And we've reinforced that loop recently with what we call region model, where we have NILG members who speak directly to the local ILGs, and the chairs in particular, vet issues. We have sort of a think tank going on in our group about what's important for practice. We ask the ILGs what they think is important, what they think about certain issues. 
and we could go into you know detail on that. But you're not practicing affirmative action; it's probably too granular for you. you know, what's happening right now? What should happen? That's a conversation where we you know respect the opinion of others, get ideas that we wouldn't have thought of because we're having this conversation, and we take that conversation to the national level. In this case, OFCCP have that discussion and bring the feedback from that back to the local. So it's this big feedback loop, um, which is you know designed to make us understand one another. There's always a tension between the regulator and the regulated. We're not going to get through that. But if we talk to each other, the tensions don't get as great. And you know, just, just keep that process going. It's very important right now because the OSCCP is going through a lot of changes. Since we've had a lot of talks. <laughs> so if if a local ILG um, for example, maybe the, the government agencies, OFCCP or whoever, um, maybe doesn't show up to meetings or doesn't participate or maybe makes those local folks feel like they're not doing the right thing. Um, is that where like an, an in intervention might take place and, and how do we make everybody talk nice and, and kind of hear each other out? Is that Would that be an example or no? Well, it, it's a nice segue to what what happened. We were having conversations with the OSCCP about you know, how to make this relationship work. And the OSCCP said, we like it, but we, we want some more detail around it. And so we signed a memorandum of understanding with the OSCCP uh, last fall that sort of sets out that uh, OSCCP members will go to ILG meetings. A certain basis that had been an issue before. That the OSCCP would like very much and is invited to our annual conference, um, and that we will have you know meetings with Director Lean. Um, we have an annual meeting. Uh, we just had it uh, last week actually um, with OSCCP on OSCCP and vets. So that that meeting and the purpose of that meeting to have a frank discussion, you know. A, substantive issues, not just shake hands and take a, a photo. That is all agreed um, in this memorandum of understanding. So we, and to get that memorandum really moving to, to make sure that this conversation really happened, we on the board side put in this region model I'm talking about of making sure that we go out to the local ILGs, have that conversation, and then bring that detail to NILG. I'm sorry, it's OFCCP. We're doing surveys right now, done several surveys over the course of the year, um, and getting input, compensation practice, uh, audit practice, all of the details, the granular stuff about affirmative action compliance practice, vetting with the locals, bringing that to the OFCCP, hopefully to have some influence in uh, establishing a affirmative action particular practice that's that's meaningful. It's not too burdensome to the contractor, but still lets the government know that the companies it's paying to get things done are good actors. So it sounds like the MOU, the Memorandum of Understanding, kind of triggered this change at the NILG. Is, is that accurate? Um, it, it certainly um, helped us clarify our minds. I think we've been talking about this for a while. Um, we wanted to make sure that we were meeting our mission, and this was a way of instituting, you know, you know, two rep 
that a representative of a district would coordinate meetings with the locals, um, that we have a committee that is developing content for those meetings. This was a way to operationalize what the NILG was supposed to be doing anyway, but it was operationalized in a more concrete manner, would get more done, be more effective. It would help us get this done. It's not our day job. You know, we do this evening and weekends. You know, how can we most effectively do it? It helps us be effective in what we had set out to do. And it coordinated, it overlapped very nicely with the MOU, as the MOU um, got discussed with the OSCP. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, and the egg sort of thing. That's good, though. That it, it sounds like it was a needed change. I know from my experience in the ILG, um, at the local level, I always, you know, there were things that, that I, I wanted to escalate or there were things that, you know, I had heard about but I wasn't getting information mm -hmm. on. And um, so it's, I, I'm seeing a change as far as that goes as well. So I know from just the talking between groups and between national and local, and uh, it has gotten a lot better in my opinion. Well, we just did a survey last month prior to our face-to-face -face meeting with OSCCP about compensation practice. Compensation practice right now is, is a real big issue with the OSCCP. And a lot of contractors don't see eye-to-eye -eye with the way that some of the audits are going and some of the case law or the position the OSCCP has taken in the number of cases that come out um, in a watch in a recent one. So, you know, we asked contractors, you know, what are you doing for your compensation review? Um, the details that we go into for half an hour, but you know, are you doing pooled regressions on your own? Um, if you're doing a cohort, what elements? How much of this is this doing? You know, A, B, C, D, E, apples, orange, all of that stuff. And that became background that we spoke of about when we went to the OSCCP and say, hey, look, you know, people are having trouble with this. Um, the, the way that you prefer to do it doesn't seem to always work. Um, there come times where it might be better to even just start. Um, the way you're doing it. You know, let's have that conversation. So that's an ongoing conversation. But it was really important that we got that input from the contractors so we show up and it's not just us doing a guess. We're saying, hey, look, we've talked to people who do this and here's what they're doing. Really, really useful for the discussion we're having on a big issue in our practice. And I remember under other administrations um, and under other OFCCP leadership, just many of them. Um, I, I don't recall being able to have those candid conversations, those civil conversations, and and really have somebody listen and and ask us questions. And um, I, I feel like that's happening now. Is, would that be accurate? We're certainly being listened to. That is that is absolutely true. Um, I, I think the conversation we're starting to up now. Okay, we've been listened to, but is that ending up in what we're seeing in terms of changes in agency practice. Um, agency practice right now is based on, as I said, courtesy before, transparency, courtesy, efficiency, those are the pillars um, that uh, Dr. Harris and Director Lean uh, put in, um, and that's good. So the inputs are good. But the conversation we're having right now is some of the outputs. Um, let's have more conversation before there's an output, because Houston, we may still have a problem. That that's ongoing. We'll see. If you follow the scheduling letters, you know what I'm talking about. Right, right. 
Um, can you talk a little bit about the conferences and, and selecting speaker and, and you know, how do we ensure that, that civility and, and we're having those conversations in the conferences? Because um, I think that's important. It gets the word out a little bit faster, I think. Um, well, depends if we want humor or not. I mean, tournaments. <laughs> humor is fine. <laughs> You know, having a real knockdown, drag them out fight in an open stage really gets people's attention. So, <laughs> civility, it, it just goes by the board once you get to the conference. No, that's, that's <laughs> not true at all. Well, I, I think the first thing to keep in mind is right now, the, the co annual conference is the ILG conference, not the NILG conference. That's changing. But right now, um, the NILG polls uh, ILGs across the nation and selects a willing ILG or ILGs plural in the district to put on the show for a given year. So this 2019, it's Milwaukee. If you're a affirmative action practitioner, please come. It's a great conference. But the um, you know Midwest ILGs are, are putting on the show with NLG support. They create the program they do the legwork and all that stuff. There's a board members on it. It's you know it's participation, all that stuff. But from a formal legal sense, it is not an ILG production. That will change next year. 2020 conference, Washington D.C. The first is the NILG conference. So we will be working with the Mid Atlantic ILGs on a volunteer basis to put on the show and therefore do the selections. So. Terms of you know how civility works into this. Well, the whole thing is based on the exchange of ideas. And again, go back to where we started. Ideas are best exchanged when people aren't yelling at each other. Um, but that, that's one thing. So you know, come to listen. The OSCCP will be there. Um, and you know, they may not like everything they hear. We may not like everything we hear. But that's okay. You know, what do we do next? On um, terms of selecting programs, I, I think your question did relate to how we how the program is developed. Was that part of it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, really looking for content, uh, the selection. You know, who who has makes the best presentation? What's the you know what what is going to meet the, the contractor's needs? Um, you can have too many conversations about the internet applicant rule. There's new things uh, coming in practice. Uh, you know, there's going to be a uh, presentation on civility, and I think uh, the podcast host is going to be presenting that. Um, and that's new for us, right? But so yeah. there'll be new new topics. How do we cover topics? Uh, what topics are important? And who has a good idea for you know, a, a new slant on presentation, a useful slant on presentation? Who moves the needle? So that's the primary focus, um, and then balancing out, make sure that we have practitioners speaking as well as consultants to the contractor community, all of that good stuff, make sure that the agencies are heard, uh, and, and balance out the voices. So, Paul, does the NILG partner with other groups or associations um, just to kind of broaden the knowledge or, or maybe – Maybe volume, so more people, more people, more groups going to the OFCCP or EEOC. Sure, absolutely. Um, that's very important. Um, 
you know, one thing about the NILG, maybe a good thing is we haven't changed our name. It's a horrible name, um, <laughs> National, whatever it is, ILG. Uh, so, but uh, others have changed their names. What was, uh, I guess, EEAC is now Institute for Workplace Compliance and OSCCP Institute, Institute for Workplace Quality. Those are very important groups. They're stakeholders um, and, and very important ones. Uh, and working with agencies, the agencies themselves is really important, and members of those agencies, they are stakeholders. Um, you know, I, I think that civil rights groups are very important to stakeholders, and that we should do more, reach out to the civil rights groups that um, you know, look at corporations and may think that corporations are not doing what they should towards equal access and non-discrimination. I think that very often they overstate the case. So those are important stakeholders I'd love to see, you know, brought into the discussions that we have. It's, it's on the to-do list. But, you know, very, this is you know, about as large a table as we can build and getting people to sit at it. That's a really, you know, I hadn't thought about civil rights group. I mean, I, I think about them, but, you know, some of the, the suits that come up on behalf of civil rights groups, that might be a really great group, uh, different groups to get at the table, to your point. Well, you know, everybody reads the stuff that agrees with their opinion, right? We started out that way, and and maybe corporations are doing some of that, but maybe they're doing that too. You know, in the comp arena, the the the, the starting point for some thinkers is well, companies aren't doing what they should. They want to perpetuate a system of equality for minorities, and for women. And in the practice I've seen in my corporate practice, in companies I work with now, in the companies of board members, it's exactly the opposite. They really realize that this is super important for the health of the country. How we get there, that's a conversation to have. How we measure it, that's a conversation to have. The EEO one pay data flubber we have right now, um, all of this work being done at high speed to get out of the report that the EEOC itself says on second thought, well, we decided it wasn't the right way to go. That's a lousy position to be in, and we, we could have done better. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I think I, I only have one more question, and then we'll see if Kelly has any. Um, so has in a, the NILG considered doing any type of either civility webinars or training or anything that that they might feed down to the local levels or even uh, resources? I, I think it's a it's a good idea um, I, I think uh, you know put on the practical hat for a minute and this is the, uh, the way of saying no but right now a lot of affirmative action practitioners are having a hard time getting enough airspace within their corporations about affirmative action training um, and uh, harassment training, um, all of that. So there's, there's work to be done there. We're branching out. Um, civility is important. And, you know, we, you know I, I, I tried to impress early on how important I think it is because, you know, as human beings sort of oddly wired, we, we go ahead by very easily. And civility is a great way to keep us on the straight and narrow. Um, so it's super important. Probably should be taken up. It's a, it's a good thing that we should think about. I'll be very interested in the, the presentation on civility at the uh, ILG conference this summer. Great, uh, Kelly. Do you have any questions? Sure. 
I was just wondering if you had any tips for professionals in the, in this industry on how to be successful in building relationships with within their organization, with other organizations and agencies, or with other professionals on boards. Um, have you found anything to be very successful? Um, I worked in a large corporation, and one of the hardest things was to work across silos. Um, and so openness and creating conversation was really important just to get people together. Hey, we have an issue, let's talk about it. And let's talk about it before we get an agenda. And finding people willing to do that um, is, a, is a trick because, you know, what's this meeting for? Um, what's in it for me? Um, you know, does this have to be? So being very open at the outset so as to properly define the questions because you're talking to people, you don't know what they do, you don't know what their issues are, to find that out first. So having open conversations in an environment which tends to be very business-focused as granular as to, you know, let's get from point A to point B. I had that, you know, affirmative action, you know, gets siloed. And as I came up to stay with it in the corporation, you know, what am I doing? I'm, I'm in risk management audit response. And that's not what this is about. This the audits turn into that and it's part of the job okay. But to get the proactive part of the job done, you need to have partners. And you don't have partners unless you talk. You don't have partners who can wipe them to dance. And you don't have a program unless you know what the other person's doing, how it fits or doesn't fit with what you're doing, how you make it fit better, um, and what's in it for them. Um, you know, and that was basically, well, when you're, you know, get your interest in the OCCP, it would be better if you had a good answer for them. So let's, uh, let's you know, work that out. And there's a practical aspect to this. But getting people to come and sit down and talk about those processes, um, sometimes it's tough. But once it started, um, became very productive. And our comp practices changed. The way that we uh, kept data for employee transactions changed for the better. Our ability to satisfy the Internet rule, Internet applicant rule, went up significantly because of the conversations we had and the changes we made together. So it was a good process, but hard to kick off, but super important to have. That's very helpful. So is there anything else that we haven't thought to ask you that you would like to share with us or our listeners on this topic? Well, uh, golden rule is important. It's respecting the other person. The rest of this follows. As always, Julie Halliday in Born Yesterday, don't do anything you wouldn't just want shown on the front page of the New York Times, but that's my EEO <laughs> hat, not my affirmative action hat. So that's, that's, I think, words of wisdom in a corporate environment. Uh, maybe I'll leave you with that. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Paul, if people wanted to learn more about their ILG or find out if there was one around them, um, where do they go? Go on the NILG website, um, contact us, and we'll get back to you. Be very happy to direct you to your local ILG. It's very important, and we really, really encourage membership. If you practice in this area, you really should be an ILG member. If nothing else, have somebody to vetch with. And it's more than that. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been a member since about 1996, so I should probably shouldn't say that out loud. But um, 
It's been invaluable. So <laughs> it's been invaluable. I've met so many people, and there's so many, so much networking and so much um, camaraderie and and long-term friendships. So um, I, I agree, it's it's well worth people's time. If you're in the contracting community, it's it's well worth people's time. And and the the, the, the conference is is really the the high point of the whole thing, um, you know, for the content of the conference. But you know, with the ILGs and the conference itself, you, you go to some, you go to a meeting, and you don't have to explain what you do. Everybody knows. Just that <laughs> is so unusual, right? I mean, there's a lift, there's a lift just from that. Oh, you know what I do? You know, you feel my pain. All right, yes, okay. You are my friend for life. That's true. Friends for life that way. I really have. <laughs> That is so true. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, this has been really good. I, I'm sure our listeners have, have enjoyed it and, and hopefully we'll have some more questions for us. And um, we want to thank everybody for coming and joining us. And hopefully you've been listening to our civility podcast. Um, they are available. Um, if you would like to go out and listen to some of the prior ones, there's some really good ones mm -hmm. out there and we encourage you to do that. So everyone have a wonderful day, and we will talk soon. And if you would like to learn a little bit more about DCI Consulting Group, please go to our website at www.dciconsult.com. Thank you.